Hello and welcome to Follow Your Bliss, a podcast for big-hearted, deep feelers who want to make a difference in the world. This is your time to get motivation and momentum to do what makes your soul shine. My name is Jessica Flint. I'm a soul strengths business coach and social impact entrepreneur that has helped millions of people improve their life. And I'm here to empower you to become a badass success story because I know it's within you when you stop selling yourself short, stop waiting for the perfect moment, and stop letting the opinions of others drown out your inner voice. It's never too late to create a life you're excited about and love waking up to. I believe we all have unique soul strings that hold the key to unlocking our greatest success and are just begging to be expressed right now in this very moment. Now, this podcast features heart-to-heart conversations with successful authors, entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, experts, and everyday all-stars just like you about their path to greater purpose and soul alignment. It's time to claim your joy, your worth, your highest soul expression, and your feeling of enoughness. Now, let's get started. Welcome, my lovely listeners. Today, I have the honor to introduce you to a man who is on a mission to inspire you to greatness. For almost two decades, he has served as a catalyst for change, challenging preconceived notions about success and self-actualization. And personally, this man has been an invisible mentor over the past 10 years for me. I've come back to his videos on YouTube time and time again to laugh, cry, and reignite my flame of passion whenever it began to draw low. Through his words etched in his books, The Unpopular Truth, Answer the Call, From Depression to Destiny, and his words spoken across stages around the world, he will summon you to see that the power to change your life lies in the power to change your mind. Born in the Isle of Jamaica and now to the shores of Florida, what an honor it is to have world-renowned poet and international speaker Kirk Nugent with us here today. Welcome, Kirk. Wow, Jessica, thank you so much. What an intro. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor for me to be here. I'm so happy. I appreciate you. I can't even go into the depths of this appreciation. I'm just so grateful to to have this time to learn more about your story, learn more about you. Now, every guest I have on the show, I love to start off looking at your soul strengths. So you were so nice to give me your birth time and location and uh, date. And I was able to run some calculations in the back. And I came up with a list of your soul strengths. But I want to just highlight five that I found interesting. And as you hear these soul strengths, as I read these to you, I want you to think about which one is really juicy or relevant in your life right now. And let's talk about it after I I read through them. Okay. So we have the truth teller, rebel, philosopher, alchemist, and the the passionate man. The truth teller and the rebel. Because right now what I feel part of my mission, what I'm doing here, is destroying the illusion. And we were born into... uh, idea of illusion where we see ourselves as divided. I came to the United States at age 15 and had no idea, none, that I was black. Um, Not that I thought I was white, I just didn't know I was black. The kid that sat next to me in school in Jamaica had blonde hair and blue eyes, didn't know he was white, he was just my best friend. So we have this illusion that we're divided and we're separated and different. I like the movie The Matrix because they, they run different programs in different countries. And one of the programs that's run here in the United States is divide and conquer, keep us separate, keep us at each other's throat. Um, Let's not raise minimum wage because it's going to raise the food prices. But you have people making billions with a B 
all year. So um, I like the truth teller and the, the rebel because I'm here to really destroy the illusion. That's part of my mission. And then right now, are you doing even more around this or writing around these themes? Yeah, I'm doing a lot more. Um, I have a company called The Sound of Melanin. And that's one of the things that I'm doing heavily now because the sound of melanin, melanin is the pigmentation that makes our skin have color, not just black, but everyone has melanin. It's just darker people have more than lighter skin people. So what I've found is $48 billion per year is invested, not spent, invested in movies, in music, to have people of color see themselves in a certain way. So there's no one pushing back against that narrative. So I'm writing a lot of stuff to push back against that narrative and show us in a different light. But at the same time, it's not a divide and conquer thing where we're better and someone is not. It's like, look, we're more than we believe that we are. But at the same time, I want a collective unity on the planet. That's the only way we're going to heal. So I'm raising the esteem of the people who have traditionally seen themselves in a very low light. That's beautiful. I love the name of that company, The Sound yeah, of Melanin. The Sound of Melanin. The wow. website is thesoundofmelanin.org. Yeah, it, it's, it's um, humanity. Is, is We're so complex as a people, as a collective. But when you meet people individually, their core value is love. They just want to love. But they're manipulated into believing that there's an external enemy. True that. And then how do you take with this idea, because you talk about yourself as a light worker? But then we all have this shadow. I mean, would you kind of believe that we all have like shadow selves and then there's like deeper collective shadows that you're talking about? Of How course. do you see that working like the integration of one's own personal shadow, working with the collective shadow and being able to heal it to restore the system to wholeness or oneness as you kind of express that we all are? Until you heal your personal shadow, you will not be able to see through the collective shadow. So the thing is, it's going within and doing the work. And a lot of people, we're ten, we tend to look outside. So let's say I'm in a relationship and a relationship for some reason doesn't work, right? And let's say the woman I'm with cheated on me. The, 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 the idea is to leave the relationship and blame her. But the truth, if you really want to grow, is to look and say, well, Kirk, why did you attract that? What is the lesson that you're trying to learn here? What is that lesson teaching you? And once you can dissect that and see that and see how you play the role, because again, if I'm cheated on, I'm the victim. I didn't play any role in that. But if you could come back and say, well, Kirk, what was your role in that? How did you show up? Why did that happen? And you take total responsibility for what's going on. You begin to see beyond the illusion that this person did this to you and that person did this to you. And once you are able to shed that victim mindset, then you can look out and see where other people are playing the victim, where their shadow self is showing up. A lot of times when people are triggered, they think they're triggered because you said something or you did something or you behave in a certain way when the trigger is just a... Uh, 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 Trigger, for lack of, lack of better term, showing them where they need to heal. Whenever you're triggered, that's just life showing you the places that you need to heal that you're unwilling to look at. And now it brings someone else to trigger that to show you, hey, you need to heal over here. Because there's someone who gets a traffic and someone cut them off and they yell and curse. And there's another person who someone cuts them off in traffic and they go, oh, go ahead. You must be late. So the trigger is different based on the person, but it's just where you need to heal. And it's always coming back to show you that when you're healed, you're unbothered. You have peace, you're calm. The thing that bothered the average person doesn't really bother you. I love that. It's so well said. So the reactions that we have are really just a mirror 
to look deeper within on what? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's showing you where you need to heal. And once you heal that, the trigger, it won't even show up anymore. It'll just, it won't be in your life anymore. It just goes away. Now, going to the collective consciousness, right? And I've always said that we are souls. And souls have no gender, no color, no race, none of this stuff. So when I decided, and it was a choice, to come to planet Earth, I don't know how woo-woo I'm going to sound on your platform, but I'll say it. When I decided to come to planet Earth, I decided I want to have a certain experience. So my higher self and my spirit guide looked and said, well, what experience would you like to have, Kirk? I said, well, based on the experience that you'd like to have, I think this would be the best costume for you. Black male, 21st century America. And I put this costume on and I came down here and all of a sudden I believe that I'm a black American. I'm not. I'm consciousness. I'm talking to you and I believe you're a white lady or you're a woman. You're consciousness. So these are the ideas that we put down and we come down here. And then with the collective consciousness now, we don't look beyond the messages that we're being told. And that's the way, again, we're easily manipulated, but again, with triggers, because even in the program that's running, I am told if a white person called me by a certain word, I'm supposed to be offended and I'm supposed to be enraged and I'm supposed to lose my peace. Now, Jessica, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I'm supposed to be in a peaceful place. Somebody says something that I don't even know, don't even value their opinion, and all of a sudden I lose my peace. That doesn't make any sense. So I can't do that. But the collective buy into it. Oh, he better not say that to me. He better not call me that. But it's a word. And we put so much emphasis on what we're told we're supposed to feel regarding this word. Another thing is you and I could be in a relationship. And we're living together. January 1st, I come home. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. And we're happy. And we're happy January 2nd, January 3rd. But 44 days into the year, I come home and you're pissed. Why are you pissed? I didn't bring you any balloons, any candy, um, anything. Because someone told you if that didn't happen on today, then I don't love you. And you bought into it when that's not indicative of any love whatsoever. It's a program to sell more candy. So true, huh? It's a program that we buy into collectively. And in order to, to heal collectively, we have to first heal individually. And in order to heal individually, it's two things basically. One, know thyself. And two, to thine own self be true. But we wear so many masks. I'm, I'm trying to please you and I'm trying to make sure you're happy with me. And I don't know who I am. So I don't know myself and I'm not being true to myself. So I can never be true to you. Mm. So know yourself, be true to yourself and begin to heal. And take 100% responsibility for everything that's going on in your life. There are no victims. I love how you really focus on that there's no victims. That really comes clear through a lot of your messaging is taking the responsibility for your choices, for your life. So essentially like taking a creator role as opposed to a victim, this is done to me. Absolutely. Like I am told I'm supposed to be a victim. The white man did so many things to me that I'm supposed to be a victim. And, and that's what it looks like on the, the, the physical plane. But if you go on the higher plane and you realize we're all consciousness and we choose to have certain experiences. Now, a lot of people might not believe this. They might believe this is one life. You come in, you get to do it right. And if you do it wrong forever and you burn, whatever. But as you study and you study the ones who came before us and you study the ancient books and the manuscript, all the different religions are saying the same thing. Love. The answer is love. And all the different religions are saying that we're consciousness and we're eternal beings. But we've been... 
put on this treadmill to survive. You know, you got to work. You got to get the money. You got to get a big house. Um, is your car nicer than your neighbor's car? Oh, no, girl. You got to upgrade that shit. So it's that type of messaging that's going. And before we know it, we're caught in the matrix and we have no idea who we are. We identify with, oh, I'm a mother. I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. We identify with everything that we're not. And so many people then lose these soul strengths that they've been gifted, like to be a writer, to be a poet, to be an... You know, a performer, whatever it is, like that's buried within them. It's gold. That's important what you just said, Jessica, because here's the thing. On this planet, we're a seven billion piece puzzle. And Jessica, if you're playing the part of Jessica and I'm playing the part of Kirk, we will fit perfectly. But if you're playing Jessica and I try to be Jessica, it doesn't work. I have to be me and you have to be you. And the only way you do that is to follow your heart because your heart is a guidance system. It's a navigation system. But we're programming this reality. Jessica, forget your heart. Your heart doesn't know what it's talking about. Follow this. And this will lead you down the road of mediocrity. It will not lead you to your passion. This leads you to your passion. This leads you to what everybody else is doing. So when you follow, yeah, the mind, what the pre-set pattern path. Follow the heart. Yeah. The heart has intelligence. How do you follow your heart? Well, like, what are ways that you know if you're following your heart? Do you love what you're doing? Mm. It's as simple as that. Um, I have a motto that I live by, and people who don't get it, they get offended by it. They, they find offense. I only do what I love. That's it. I only do what I love. If I don't love, I'm not going to do it. Now, I'll try it. and realize, Oh, I don't really like this. I'm not doing it. But... My family members, I remember they got so bent out of shape because they believe you have a duty to, I don't have any duty. My duty is to do what I love. My duty is when my son was, my son was, I think he was 14 years old, right? And we were living together, he and I, and I remember he came home from school one day and I'm questioning him. I said to him, Javon, what do you think you're here for? We were laying on the bed and he said, he thought about it. He didn't just answer. He thought about it. He go, hmm. I'm here to have fun. Jessica, I was pissed. What do you mean you're here to have fun? You're about to be a, a grown man, a young man. You have responsibility. So I didn't say anything. I questioned him further. Well, if you're here to have fun, what is everybody else here to do? He thought about it again. He goes, mm, they're here to help me have fun. I'm here to help them have fun. I was like, okay. So I thought about it the entire night and realized the profundity of this little boy's statement. And the next morning, I apologized to him. I said, Javon, yesterday when you say you're here to have fun, I was angry, but I was pissed because I believe you're here to do this, that, that. But you're absolutely right. We're here to have fun. And that was so profound what you said. And now I need to make sure I remember that. And whenever I speak to my son, I'll ask him, yeah, but are you having fun? Do not get away from the fun. Make sure you get back to what brings you joy because that's what you're here to do. We're here for the experience. But we're in a program that labels the experience and then limit the experience. We grow with experience. We can't grow without experience. We need experiences. I like that. Follow your fun. Yeah. How do you start to unplug? Is like what's ways that you found that have helped you or others begin to start to see and awaken to this idea that wait, I don't have to run this script. My life can be much different than the way it is all laid out to be. You will continue to run the script until you go within. If you don't go within, you will always go without. So what do I mean by going within? Earlier you asked me, well, how do you know if you're following your heart? Are you having fun? Are you enjoying what you're doing? If you're getting up every morning and got to drag yourself, you're not doing what you're here to do. And I'm glad that idea of, of really paying a price and suffering is leaving the planet. 
So my point is the stuff that we're working diligently for and hard for, we got to be careful it, what it is. There's a movie, I forgot, maybe it was as good as it gets, I don't remember, but it was a Jack Nicholson movie. And he was writing a pen pal in Africa, that pen pal named a little boy by Indingo. And he said in the letter, there Indingo, when you're gone and everyone that you know is gone, if your contribution wasn't big enough, it will be as though you never existed. And those are profound words. So when we're here, what makes our contribution big, Jessica? Service to others. That's what makes your contribution big. Service to others. But we live this limited life where we try to accumulate material things that are fleeting and we only serve ourselves. And when we're gone, within a year, people forgot that you were there. You know what's cool about the service to others and kind of the ripple effect is like the fact that you and I are having this conversation and like 10 years ago, I was just starting my entrepreneurial path and I come across you on YouTube and just like melted. Like it was like you were speaking to my soul. Like I needed to hear these words, you know, in, in, in the way that you could and, and through your words, through your message. And you, you didn't know that you were going all these 10 years having no idea that you touched a life who then touched 3 million plus lives. Like, it's uh, it's cool, right? I think that's, that's like part that's of that we're all connected. Just, it's very humbling. And um, I'm honored. And I want to share a story because I believe it might have value for your audience. And not waiting until you're ready, but stepping before you're ready. A woman reached out to me two years ago on Facebook. And she sent me a blog post. But I didn't know it was a blog post. I just thought it was a headline. So I never clicked on it to see what the post was. And she said, oh, you know, Kurt Nugent, you changed my life. And I love you so much. Your words, blah, blah, blah. So I had no idea that she had this blog post that told me everything that I needed to know. So I asked her, where did we meet? And she said, oh, I met you. You did a speech in Springfield, Massachusetts. I said, at the Basketball Hall of Fame? She's like, yes. I said, that was my worst speech ever. I hated that speech. If I could go back in life, I would definitely take, I would not have done that speech. Here's what was going on. She said, I didn't think it was a bad speech. I said, here's what's going on. I was in the midst of a depression. My life was falling apart. Nothing was working as far as I'm concerned. And I'm on stage doing the speech for um, the YMCA at the Springfield the, the Hall of Fame. And usually I, I'm so well rehearsed. I know what I'm doing. I could do it in my sleep. And I'm setting up the story to do this poem, to do a particular poem, right? As I'm setting up the story, the my mind is saying, do, the, do destiny. I'm like, I don't want to do Destiny. As a matter of fact, I didn't rehearse Destiny. That's a poem. And I'm setting the story. The story has nothing to do with Destiny. And it's, it's the, the voice is getting louder. Do Destiny. Do Destiny. Do Destiny. And as I finished the story, I went into Destiny, which has nothing to do with the story. So nothing is connecting, right? And not only is nothing connecting, by the second stanza in Destiny, I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know this poem. I haven't done it in about a decade. I'm going to forget my next line. And it just disappeared. And I tried to restart the poem. Couldn't get it. And I was seasoned enough to finish the speech and did well, do another poem. And got a standing ovation, but I felt really horrible. Like I did not do my job. She said, Kirk, here's the thing. I was working in television broadcasting. I was in a very abusive relationship. And I wanted to leave to do something else. And you were doing what I wanted to do. And once you messed up that poem, 
my spirit said to me, see, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to start. And that was a permission slip that I needed. I went home and filed a divorce for my husband the next day. I'm divorced. I'm doing this new thing. I open a dance studio and I've teach thousands of kids to dance because that's my passion. I'm like, oh my God, the, the, the speech that I would want to erase off the face of the earth was a speech that changed her life to open a studio to change thousands of kids' life. So there are no accidents. I love it. That's such a good story. And then think about all those kids now, like they're like, it's like this, this big like sea, like ripples and everywhere. Everybody, right. we're, you know, we're all touched by each other and impacted in ways. Absolutely. Often Absolutely. A lot of people think, and I, and I want to make this point as well. They think because I am Kurt Nugent, I have it all together. That's not true. I still struggle. I'm still get fearful. I still have my doubts, my insecurities. I'm working through them every day, but I don't want anyone to see me and put me in a pedestal and think I've got it all together. I'm trying to figure it out like you're trying to figure it out because here's the thing. We have strengths in different areas. Um, my strength is in writing and speaking, but the areas, the other areas that I need, like marketing, it's not a strength of mine and it's something that I need. And there's other areas that's just lopsided. So I have this gift and this talent in one area that I took about two decades to develop because I didn't start to be as strong a writer as I am now. But so anyone that's watching and listening, I want you to know Chances are you're not going to get it all together, but you can always get better. I love that mindset that you have. Like greatness takes time, right? It's not an overnight success Absolutely. or first shot thing. Like it's yes, greatness takes time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Would you so humble me and the audience to hear a rendition of "Pursue Your Passion"? Like the world's best sure, poem absolutely. ever, absolutely. ever, ever, ever. Let me find it. I, I know Pursue Your Passion, most of it, because I haven't done it in a while. Pursue Your Passion. Okay, so it says, um, this is your life. Your purpose on this earth is not to please me, nor is it to fulfill your parents' unrealized dreams. You were not placed here to make concessions so that they could be proud, so they could brag about their seed, fulfill some unfulfilled childhood emotional needs. No disrespect, but let everyone be proud of their very own deeds. This is your life. I came to shine light into the dark and like a dog against a hydrant, I am leaving my mark. We were not sent here to investigate someone else's idea of what we should be. The complacent life does not stimulate me. So forgive me if I feel no compassion for those poor souls who live to follow the fashion. Because if you want to live a life that's neither limited nor ration, then by God you must pursue your passion. They will tell you that it can't be done. As though you were delivered onto this world for your song to go unsung. Let the world scream that unattainable theme. But for you, there is no such thing as an impossible dream. Ain't no mystery. Check the history. Look at the life of Oprah Winfrey, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Gandhi. Do you remember what they told Walt Disney? They said, young man, you must be blind. You must have lost your role in love and mind. Because no one would ever be paid to be entertained by a mouse or anything of that kind. Now, this is worth more than everyone in this room combined. Pursue your passion. Steven Spielberg was kicked out of the University of Southern California Film School because his grades weren't good enough. Pursue your passion. Russell Simmons refused to sign Madonna because he thought she had no talent. Pursue your passion. Brandy's teacher told her she was too ugly to ever become an actress. Pursue your passion. Michael Jordan was benched on his basketball team in high school. Pursue your passion. Larry Bird has problems making his team in high school and was benched his entire freshman year of college. Now here is proof that greatness is born out of zero doubt. 
1962, Decca Records dismissed four young musicians, told them that groups with guitars were on their way out. They left without a contract but refused to walk in pins and needles. Months later, they released their first album and called themselves the Beatles. Pursue your passion. Colonel Sanders was 65 when he fried his first piece of chicken. Made millions after he told you it was finger licking. Pursue your passion. Lauren Hill was booed at the Apollo. Luther Vandross was booed off the Apollo. Not once, not twice, but three times. Got to keep coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Forget the limitations set by your fellow man. Because when you pursue your passion, provisions will be provided for your plans. Let others lead small lives, but not you. Let others be satisfied with the crumbs, but not you. Let others use their race, their gender, their sexual orientation as a crutch, but not you. Let others be volunteer victims, but not you. Let others be concerned about what the neighbors might think, say, or do, but this is not for you. Leave that to the politician, the governor, start caring about someone else's opinion, and you become their prisoner. This is about a lifestyle that uniquely fits. This life is God's gift to you. Style is what you make out of it. So whatever you're passionate about, the perfection of the craft can be learned. So with the obstacles of this world, be not concerned. Because when you set yourself on fire, the world will come watch you burn. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do now that you know that impossible is a word found in the dictionary of fools? What two things you want said about your life? Personally, I never listen to what the pessimists are telling me because I know that the richest place on the planet is a cemetery. There you'll find books that were never written, loved ones that were never forgiven, ideas that were smitten and dreams that were forbidden, souls that were never filled, cathedrals that were never built, restaurants that were never opened, chefs who never knew that they were smoking, paintings that were neither drawn nor hung, songs neither composed nor sung, souls that left without doing what they really wanted to do. So don't you dare die with your greatness buried within you. The sperm that fertilized your egg survived the odds of 450 million to one. Get it? Your sperm won. As long as you live, you'll never face such dramatic odds. So believe me when I tell you that you're favored by God. You're more than magnificent than any obstacle that make you hysterical. So don't you dare to leave without your miracle. It's all an illusion. Don't you feed into their lives, their forecast of economic woes and financial demise. The universe has an infinite supply, so no need to lie when I testify that regardless of your situation, you cannot be denied. It matters not if they raise a terrorist threat level to hot pink burgundy or fuchsia. You were born to control your future. Don't let them fool you. You were born to win, destined to be great. Magnificence was chiseled on your heart. When God made you, he was just showing off. Discover your divine assignment and you have no reason to retreat. Discover your passion and you laugh in the face of defeat. Indifferent to the pressures felt and you do not buckle like a belt. So declare today that you refuse to lose because you can either live your dreams or you can live your excuse. So even, even when I'm old and gray, I will still be command the stage. My words will still be smoking off the page. So understand this ain't no phase because every day I learn a new lesson and my best poem has yet to be written. I'm not leaving to what I came to give has been given. I'll be 99 on the mic, still be ripping, still be spitting, still be giving, still be driven. So let my tombstone read, here lies Kirk and he died living. Pursue your passion. Oh my God, you're a fucking genius. I love it. Oh my gosh. It's just so amazing to see you in your element. And I just thank you for sharing today with us. Like, you don't even know how cool this is for me to actually well, watch thank you for having me. Like, I'm honored. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Because for you to tell me that you saw something that I did 10 years ago and it touched your life. And 
to be honest with you, it's only about maybe three or four years ago, I was able to start watching my videos on YouTube because I thought, when I look at them, all I saw was mistakes. Oh, you should have did this, you should have paused here, you should have did that. And I'm so critical of myself. So um, I'm getting out of that. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to just share and, and um, give. I love that. Yeah. Well, you just have such a way with your words, like crafting them in the you know, you either live your dreams or you live your excuse. Like just phrases like that are like, whoa, like that's epic. Like just the, I mean, so many within there, just like these epic lines uh, then pulled together. It's just, you know, pure epicness. Jessica, all those poems, honestly, were for me. I was trying to encourage myself. The only way my family could interpret it, I'm, I'm a Jamaican. I'm supposed to be a hard worker and I don't believe in hard work. I like to do what I love. So the only way they could interpret it is he has no ambition. And no one in my family has any idea the people I have touched. You know, I have um, on my YouTube channel has over a million views, but they have no idea that there's so many people. I have journals on top of journals where people write. When I'm on stage, I will leave journals at the bottom of the stage and say, listen, I want to remember you guys 40 years from now, 50 years from now. So if something I said touch you, please just write in the journal. And I have stacks of books and people tell me, oh, my God, Kirk, you changed my life. I have emails where people told me I was depressed. I was going to kill myself. But I came across your poem from depression. So even though the monetary is not there, I feel well rewarded and I'm learning how to build a business around it because I'm an artist first. I'm not how the money will take care of itself. The numbers will take care of itself. And I go and people say, can you come here for free? Can you do this? Just give me the microphone. I just want to show up and share. So thank you for yeah. having me. And that's the most important piece though, Kirk, that is, that is the, it's like giving the gifts that you were born with and, and you can't die. The richest place in the cemetery is like, imagine if you decided to stay in the corporate world that you were before you took this big leap to become a poet, like none of this would have been shared and created in the world. And the ripple effects are now Absolutely. all continuing to go and go just today. I guarantee you like of the people who listen to the show, you have touched lives and now the ripple is going and going and going and it's endless because the sea is endless. But it's not about the money at the end of the day. It's about giving what you were born within. I want to make a difference, Jessica. I want to make a difference because I went through the gamut of, of the shadow self. And what I mean by that is when I first came to the United States and saw police brutality, I, I protest pr police brutality and screaming at the issue. That's never going to change it. What you have to do is change the consciousness of the people where they'll feel no need to brutalize anyone. So that became my agenda where I'm going to write the words to lift the consciousness. If someone see it or hear it, they will somehow on some level realize that they're more than their skin. They're more than their color. They're more than their uniform and their consciousness. I'm going to write those words to make a difference because me going out there saying no justice, no peace is superficial. It doesn't do anything. And I try to tell people, be careful of the words that you speak because words are powerful. Words are powerful, Jessica. Powerful. So you don't speak stuff into existence that you don't want. So I'll never walk around. It's like when they said, Mother Teresa, will you come and protest with us against the war? And she said, I'll never protest against the war. But when you have a march for peace, invite me. And people think, oh, you're a poet. You're playing with words. But words matter. Yeah, I love that. It's all so I'm careful in what I write. I'm careful not to write something to bring down the vibration. I'm careful to make sure there's a message and a lesson in there for the audience that I'm writing for, because I write for different audiences. 
That's a great, thank you for clarifying that with the shift in the consciousness. Well, it has just been an absolute honor to, to talk with you. And I want to close off with a few questions here. Uh, the first one is what makes your soul shine? So this is like, when do you feel the most alive? Uh, when you're in your flow state, your zone of genius. I think we already kind of know after giving after the show. But when, what makes your soul shine, Kirk? Um, when I'm in the creative space. So when I'm on stage, when I'm on stage, I just come high. That high can last me two weeks when I'm on stage because I, I'm, I'm connecting to the audience. I feel it. I watch them walk into the auditorium and, oh, another boring speaker. Um, their arms folded and they're out with their phones. And I go on stage and within the first few lines of the first poem, everyone is, oh, my God, who is this? And they're sitting up and you're just hitting a life really, really hard. Being on stage, writing, when I'm creating a poem, when I'm finished, I'm like, oh, my God, wait till they hear this. And then when I get together and make the video for it, and I'm getting better at making the video, being in the creative zone makes me alive. Yeah, that, that's when I'm that's when I'm most alive. I love it. That's when your soul shining. Yes, what, absolutely. What are three values you owe your current level of success to? Integrity. That's the first. Integrity and to be honest, I could be so much further along the path if I were more compromising in my belief system and what I'm willing to bend and bow. So integrity, that's the first value. The second value is discipline. The most talented is often overtaken by the most dedicated. So when I became the New York Grand Slam champion back in 1999, I wasn't the best poet on stage that night. But what I noticed before is I would get to the poetry club and I would see poets outside mumbling. And as I walked by them, I realized, oh, they're rehearsing. I went home and I rehearsed two hours every single day. So if I met you at the end of the week, I have 14 hours under my belt. Met you in two weeks, I had 28 hours at the end of the month, like 50 something hours. So by the time you're slamming against me three months down the road, I'm unbeatable because I'm polished. I'm well rehearsed. And so the discipline was a, was a major part. Integrity, discipline, passion. If this wasn't my passion, I would give, I would have given up a long time ago. Jessica, pursuing this dream of poetry, I've been homeless, I've had cars, car repossessed, and been almost like, not almost, the black sheep of the family. Like, what is he doing with his life? So the passion, the integrity, and the discipline is what kept me on the path. I love it. I love the discipline. So you're out there like slam dunking in the shows while they're dribbling because you really do Absolutely. That. By the time mm -hmm. my son was nine years old, he knew every poem that I had because I rehearsed so much and so intensely. So he could come in and walk in the room and just pick up the poem wherever I left it and keep going. He knew them. That's awesome. What is your North Star? So this is like your your why, your deeper purpose. This really is like no matter how cloudy it gets at times, like this star is always there to guide you. I'm here to shine light in the dark. The, 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 the whole idea of, of raising the consciousness and shifting the consciousness on the planet, move us from divisiveness and division towards unity, to move us away from hate and war towards peace and love, and to move people into a place of accepting themselves wherever they are. And in all honesty, Jessica, we teach what we need to learn. I'm learning to accept myself. Uh, we didn't get into, we didn't have time to get into it, but I come from a place of extreme trauma, childhood trauma, abuse. And 
you're looking at someone who's coming from a place of unworthiness. I don't think I deserve anything great. And the way that I realized that was my ref- my um, relationships reflected that. I'm like, oh, Kirk, you, you got some issues here, baby. So my North, my North Star is to leave this planet a much better place than I found it. I'm here to make a contribution. You're doing it. You're definitely doing it. I love it. And how can all of the listeners stay in touch with you and get their hands on your work and learn more about what you do? So this shouldn't be so tricky, but it's tricky. My name is Kirk, K-I-R-K. Last name is Nugent, N-U-G-E-N-T. Everything is, my website is kirknugent.com. Um, my Facebook is Kirk Nugent forward slash, Facebook forward slash Kirk Nugent. Instagram, I am Kirk Nugent. Now, the reason why I say it's tricky and it should not be tricky, believe it or not, there's another Kirk Nugent out there. To the untrained eye, it looks just like me. He's from Jamaica. Same complexion. He's a speaker. So when you Google, the two Kirk Nugent gets intertwined and you might find, and he's a tech guy though. I'm not a tech guy. So if you see anything about tech, I ain't got nothing to do with it. But my website is KirkNugent.com, K-I-R-K-N-U-G-E-N-T.com. And my IG is I am Kirk Nugent. My YouTube is YouTube forward slash Kirk Nugent. And that's where you're going to find I'm putting out a bunch of new stuff now and um, inspirational stuff. I don't really do TikTok or I'm, I'm, I can't do all of them platforms. I'm it's just hard to keep to- up. There's always yeah. like a new one. And uh, I'll make sure to link all of those down below in the show description. So uh, I'll be okay. able to get to that. Uh, And my final question for you is, what is one call to action for our listeners to take their next step towards following their bliss? So this is something, their next step towards following their heart or following their soul calling, just the next step. The next step. Are they already following it or are they not following it? How will you go with what you feel? Because maybe some aren't following it and some are. I think we kind of have a mixed crew here. Okay. Okay. So whether you're following it or not, this will be the next step and the continual step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. trust the way your life is unfolding it's big because a lot of times we need to know and if we can't trust it doesn't it doesn't work because we won't take the step we won't take the next step but if you trust my my, my mantra is things always work out for me or things are always working out for me and another mantra that i say is only good things happen to me nothing in life jessica comes with a built-in meaning it's neutral until you give it built meaning. You'll say, oh, this thing happened to me and it was bad. You don't know if it was bad because you don't know. I'll give you an example. I have had a young lady who, um, a friend of mine, and she does a lot of spiritual rituals to her ancestors. That's her spiritual practice, right? And she catches a bus every day to work. And one morning she missed the bus. The bus driver saw her and he drove off. And she called me and she's upset. She's yelling and screaming. And I said, listen. How you do your spiritual practice every morning to your ancestors, right? She said, yes. I said, do you believe that your ancestors are looking out for you and providing for you, protecting you? She said, yes. I said, how do you know there was not something devastating was going to happen on that bus and your ancestors kept you off of it because they put you on the bus every morning. You always catch a bus. So you don't know if that was a bad thing. Chances are that was a great thing. You didn't get fired from your job. You weren't reprimanded. You were 10 minutes late. Nothing bad happened to you. Only good things happened to you. Thank your ancestors and do more spiritual work with them because they obviously looked out. It's all perception. So no matter what's going on in life, I attempt to look at it from how I want to see it. I give it the meaning I want it. This is something good that's happening. I can't see the good in it right now, but because only good things happen to me and it's happening to me, it's got to be good. So to answer your question, 
trust the way your life is working out. Because if you trust the way your life is working out, you'll be bolder in taking the steps that you need to take. You can't fail. Your only lessons. That is great advice. And you are the king of perception. I love how you talk about character building days or character revealing days. And that's right. it, right? Like that's that it, was the yeah. day that tested her character and she probably had to do something to continue to build that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. As, as human beings, Jessica, we're, we're, we're beautiful and magnificent souls, but that's not celebrated. We're told more about our limitations than we're told about our greatness. So it is your job to remind yourself of how wonderful you are, how beautiful you are, how, how magnificent, how special you are. And that's not coming from a place of ego. That's coming from a place of spiritual divinity and knowing who you are because you're so much more than you've been told and you're so much more than you've remembered. And if your listeners, your audience remember that to say, you know what? I'm so much more than I can be told. And no matter what's going on in life, I can figure this thing out. Everything is figure out able. I can figure it out, especially in the age of the internet and the information that we have. Yeah, we can figure this stuff out. We, we, we can get it moving. So don't beat yourself up and be gentle with yourself. That's, that's my advice to everyone. Be gentle with yourself. Because when you're gentle with yourself, eventually you'll be gentle with others. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. It's, it's been absolutely beautiful. To You're absolutely beautiful soul. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing yourself. I appreciate it. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you. Thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you love this episode and know of someone else who is following their bliss, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to me if we can get this cause and message out to as many people as possible. So if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this show with your friends. And I will be forever grateful for your support. And until the next episode, this is Jessica Flint encouraging you to follow your bliss and to unapologetically be bold, be brave, and be you.